man, it was like a return to the room. I was absorbed by Mother Ronchon in all her wondrous glory. What is he gibbering about? I don't know. It's French. It's crap. The sea is a symphony of color. And yet, there is danger of everything. She is a fierce and pickle master. Hey, shut your fry hole! Oh, boop. Queer Horror Cult. We're still going strong at episode 45. Sick. That's pretty um, cool. I know we say that. It's like I'm expecting us to to have given up by now because every so often I'm just like, wow, we're on episode 20. How did we do that? Oh man, 25 episodes. How did we do that? I don't know. I don't know. But hey, that's cool. Still going strong. This week's probably going to be a bit of a shorter one because... uh, I don't know if there's going to be tons that we want to say about our particular subject. Hmm. But who knows? Let's, we'll get talking and see how that goes. Um, we picked a subject that is very near and dear to your childhood heart, mm-hmm. at least. Uh, we are doing deep sea aquatic horror. Now, the deep sea and the aquatic part is your childhood love. Not so much the horror, maybe, but... The horror interest was definitely there, but yeah, as far as the near and dear to my childhood heart, that would be the aquatic stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you know why that was? No, not really. It just was? It just was. Still is, I guess. Yeah. Not maybe to the same extent. Had you seen much in the way of aquatic horror before we did this episode? Mm, I guess not, like beyond maybe more TV stuff. And okay. even then, it would be, like, the odd episode, and the horror part would be used very loosely. because yeah, one of our watches is a TV episode that you, uh, that you decided to intermission <laughs> our uh, movie watching with. Yes. Um, one of the childhood ones, too. Much loved. Much loved, yeah. Uh, right off the bat, I will say, we're not doing Jaws this week. Mm-mm. We're gonna do Jaws in its own kind of thing, I think. Or, you know... We were really aiming at stuff from the deep, like the briny depths of the ocean where there's no light and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I felt like sunny Amity Island from <laughs> Jaws is uh, not quite what we're going for this week. Yeah, it's not but quite thematically relevant. You mentioned maybe like boat horror or something. Yeah. Uh, even though I guess one of these is boat horror. Yes. Um, but yeah, I've long enjoyed aquatic horror movies and i feel bummed out that there are not more of them i've uh it was a bit of a grab everything i have for this episode kind of deal and like at least two of them were like the same movie yeah with the third one being like almost the same kind of movie. The, the same movie so maybe that's yeah. why there aren't that many aquatic horrors is because there's only there's one idea yeah that exists that could ever exist apparently yeah and it's been done 
Yeah, well, I guess let's talk about uh, what was my personal favorite of that one idea. The first one we watched for Mm -hmm. this week. We watched Leviathan from 1989. Probably my favorite, too. Yeah, that one was a lot of fun. Uh, It was directed by George Cosmatos. Um, so we're following up talking about Mandy mm-hmm. uh, from a couple weeks ago. We're following that up with uh, Mandy's dear daddy. old dad. Yes, Mandy's daddy. That, Mandy's that's... dad's daddy? I don't know. I guess it depends if uh, Thanos considers himself the dad of his films. Yeah, I guess uh, I'm just a film dad. paternalistic of his movies he is, but... Uh, I've film... seen directors refer to their films as their children. Yes, that's that's true. Uh, this stars Peter Weller, Mr. Robocop himself. That's right. That was, uh, that was pretty great. That took me, cause I, I was thinking as like planning, I was like, oh, what am I going to say about this movie? And I realized I'm just going to be calling him Robocop all the time. So I'm yeah. like, I don't know the guy's name. I just know he's Robocop. Mm-hmm. And apparently that he's an art historian. Yeah. I love that he's an art history professor. Yeah. That's cool. Well. Like that slaps. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Robocop taught me, uh, taught me about paintings. Learned about Monet from Dr. Robocop. Feels like a garbled mishmash pouring out of my mouth when I say it. But you realize that it... It's a thing. It could be. It, it could, could happen. It could be a thing, yeah. Um, so this movie largely was basically aliens and the thing jammed together and then dropped to the bottom of the ocean. Mm-hmm. That kind of is the capsule yep. description of the plot in this. <laughs> Uh, we have this ocean mining vessel. So, I mean, you got Alien there with the mining ship. Mm-hmm. Here's the ocean mining ship. And uh, they've... Sh- I believe it's a silver vein that they're they're digging that up. That sounds right. And uh, they're just at the end of rotation. And we've got uh, Robocop, Mr. Robocop himself, playing a geologist who's kind of out of his depths. Uh, oh, Beck. oh, get it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Beck. He's there, and he doesn't have much respect from the crew of miners, which includes fucking Daniel Stern of Chud and Home Alone mm-hmm. as Mr. Sixpack. He is the pervious pervert that we've seen in a thing because in a long Because there's time. one thing that we learned this week is that all underwater horror movies have to have at least one really horny guy. Yeah. They have one horny guy, at least one black guy who... You can, in typical 80s horror fashion, you can place bets on how long he's going to last kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and There's usually at least one woman. Yeah. And usually, doing, like, yeah. one white woman. Yeah, so while they're out mining, uh, Six Pack, being a tool lord out in the ocean, uh, goes over a, a bluff underwater and falls down to a shipwreck of this Russian vessel named Leviathan. They, they loot it and find out from what little files they're able to get that everyone on board is dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but doesn't that matter? They managed to get some primo Russian vodka, which unfortunately will be their downfall. And this is one of my favorite things about this movie is <laughs> the fucking reason for the monster mayhem is tainted vodka. So good. Like, I, I remember uh, seeing this on video when I was a little kid and thinking like, oh, it was a movie. And then uh, Scream Factory put it out. And I was like, I barely remember it. So I read the capsule thing, and it was just like deep sea miners turn into monsters after drinking tainted Russian vodka. And I'm like, <laughs> well, fuck, I need to see this movie again. <laughs> but as you may have guessed, they turn into monsters. And that's where we start getting into the thing territory a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, 
Did you notice, I know it's been a little while since you've seen the thing, but did you notice any sort of parallels going on there, like with the visuals and stuff like that? Honestly, I think because it was more recent in my memory, I actually thought of House on Haunted Hill. Oh, yeah. And the, like, because the monster kind of becomes this, like, slurry of different people. Yeah. And you can see the distinct faces and sometimes Mm -hmm. even hear their voices. Yeah. Yeah, because that's kind of what... what Conglomerate, that's the word. Conglomerate, okay. Because that's kind of what I was thinking of from the thing, where uh, they find that monster that's all burned up I couldn't remember if that happened in the thing. And it's got the two faces and all that. Uh, I guess more recently I've seen that, like, thing sequel? The 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 recent one. It is a prequel, prequel yeah. The remake prequel thing. Um, That's fair. So that's more what's in my mind, other than, like, I'm just like, oh, Kurt Russell, Uh, that's about it. Well, don't worry, we've got the thing coming up in a future episode. But uh, that's interesting that I I didn't make that connection to... It's like at the end when it's, like, chasing them and you have all the different faces, like, they they appear. Like, it's so cheesy. Oh, yes, next patient, please. Yeah, and then you have, (laughs) like... I, I don't know if Famke Janssen shows up at some point. I think that reporter lady who, like, yeah. is the first to die shows up at some point. Yeah, so, like, and they all, like, say things. Yeah, yeah. And, and we the... get this big rubber monster designed by Stan Winston Studios. That's right. That uh, features... It sort of absorbs the people it's killed, the people that are tainted, because we see, like, the weird, deformed, tentacly version of the first to die kind of like melting in with another mm-hmm. body at that's one point, right and they're kind of like mushed together so we have this sort of i mean it's an underwater vessel but you can call it a spaceship too because it, it feels a very similar thing it looks like a like a sci-fi movie spaceship yeah they're absolutely especially when that one away. sorry go ahead i'll say especially in the scenes where that one the lady character who's training to be a, an astronaut or whatever, she's, like, doing her, like, training, jogging yeah, through the, doing the, the ship. Yeah, jogging, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get the view of it. It's like, this is, like, straight out of Alien. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um, and, and just floating aimlessly through this void. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's so spaceshipy. y uh, So it kind of resembles aliens, but instead of a xenomorph, throw in the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after it's, you know, sucked down on a bunch of fish egg or something, because it's got a very sort of tentacly fishy look to it like by the end as because it's mutating and growing throughout the movie its head kind of looks like an angler fish mm-hmm. kind of thing like you notice the jaws got that sort of like angler my first deep sea yeah. love yeah <laughs> um which makes me think that this is actually a very feminist tale because like angler fish are the feminist sea witches well, yeah, feminists of the sea. Yeah, and why did we say that? Because the famous um, thing that anglerfishes are known for, which is that rod on their head that looks like a fishing rod that li- lights up because a lot of different fish in the deep, dark ocean where it is so dark there is no light, light does mm-hmm. not penetrate that far, they have evolved to be bioluminescent. So they create their own light, and so if you've ever seen Finding Nemo, you know that this light acts as an attractant mm-hmm. for fish that swim up and are like, oh, what's that? And then get eaten. Yep. Um, so Is that what happened in Nemo? I've never seen Finding Nemo. Well, Nemo's. okay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. Some kids I used to babysit, we'd watch it every single time. So I've seen that movie so many times that someone says they haven't seen it. I'm like, what? It's like, what were you doing? What were you doing for the last mm, 15 years? I don't know. I think it came out when I was like grade six or something. Oh, Graham. Anyway. Yeah, there's, a, there's an anglerfish in Finding Nemo. Yeah. yeah. But I'm pretty sure that one is male, or it's implied to be male, which is wrong, because it's only the females that have the fishing rod thing on yes. their heads. The male anglerfish 
is this small little thing that it's in the entire point of its existence is it finds a female anglerfish to latch onto and then becomes a reproductive organ. And doesn't like the rest of it wither away and die? It's just Something like, like yeah, it's gonads pretty much. Yeah, around. like like the female anglerfish hits puberty or whatever when a male anglerfish bites her, and then he just becomes he is assumed as part of much like the monster. Yes, in Leviathan becomes just becomes, a, becomes her. another organ, like a vestigial organ, but yes. actually does shit. Yeah, um, but it's not an like individual creature anymore. Yeah, it's an organ. Maybe even a glorified organ. Maybe not even glorified. Yeah, so I feel like the the anglerfish kind of embodies so much of the, like... A man... Or, sorry, a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I was going to say the rhetoric... That's, like, so second wave. <laughs> I was going to say the rhetoric that's surrounding, like, um... You know the man-hating, like oh yeah, like female separatist kind of thing. Like yes, that's what this monster is, and uh, that's why I think that's that fishes. It's it, it it kills so many dudes on the ship. Mm-hmm. And that's because there's only like one or two women. Yeah, there's two <laughs> two women. women in this one. We're so lucky. Yeah, two and, white women. Yeah, one of them is of course the one of the heroes. Yes, and the other one. Doesn't she, like, commit suicide or something so, like, the, yeah. the fish doesn't even get her? Yeah, she's, like, cuts her wrists open in the yeah. shower. And she gets perved on a lot. But no, they both get yeah. perved on a lot by the horny guy. Yeah, so it was kind of sweet that the horny guy was, like, the patient zero of abjectness <laughs> and all that. Because uh couldn't have happened to a better dude. Mm-hmm. Um I had a lot of fun with this one, even though I don't think I've seen a movie that in the last 10 minutes went from, like, enjoyable sci-fi horror movie to such a cheese ball. Right. Fest. Like, oh my god. <laughs> this, just the little final confrontation where all this stuff just started happening. Like, oh no, sharks, da 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 Yeah, the sharks appear. And then, uh, like, the one-liners. Um, oh my god. And it just... And and can I can I give a little spoiler? The black guy be, being killed in the last like five minutes of the movie. Yeah, he survived oh that he fucking survived, long. And then it was for that last horror sting. They're like, let's take out the black guy. Yeah, yeah, and leave Beck and the and the hero white lady. Yeah, and Beck like, and then um, Agent Fowler from uh, X Files. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, was the, that Fowler? No, who was it? You know, like season one, like yeah, the, the, the one, fire. the one that that yeah, that the British down one on the grave. Yeah, that that Scully was super jealous of or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh shit! And then they get to go and punch out uh, the lady from they they, they live. live. Yeah. yeah, they punch out the lady from they live. So. Yeah, There's she, just so many familiar faces also, in this movie. She um, also embodied like, the sort of predatory, oh God, yeah. man-hating, or man-eater kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Because like she knows shit's up and then just like puts on the sly face. And it's just like, oh yeah, I, I don't care that and you're it's, dying. And it's like a corporate front thing, but she's still very much like the face of that. Oh, that's another thing that makes us like aliens. The corporation. Yes. yes. So the then... corporation that didn't know what was going on. <laughs> and then once they found out or doing everything they can to cover it up, which includes... Yeah being willing to sacrifice all the personnel on board. Yeah. Like, it's very alien. Extremely alien, yeah. yeah. It's funny, because I was coming up with an episode to do in the future that was going to be Italian rip-offs of alien movies. Mm -hmm. And this one's not Italian, but I I didn't even think of this one in, like, the (laughs) slew of alien rip-offs that I found. Uh, But 
you know, as much as I'm slagging on it right now, at the it's end, fun. I, I, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. It's derivative, sure, but uh, it's a nice sort of change of scenery from mm-hmm. what you normally get. And the characters are generally well acted and yeah. all that. Um, and so this isn't just a review and with nothing else. I do contend by my theory that it's a, a total man-eater tale because of the mm. anglerfish monster that consumes all the men around her. And it just makes her more powerful as she just absorbs them in their life force. And it starts with the pervious most fucking I down suppose. the clown guy on the whole boat he's the one that's just like i am machismo personified yeah. and then he just melts into a pile of goo and gets transformed into this anglerfish lady i've decided it's, a, it's an yeah i was gonna lady. say because patient zero was the was the horny guy so yep. vodka, vodka is feminine now tainted soviet vodka mm, is a lady you may as well just drink a glass of soy, you beta cook. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Fermented soy. That was that was very facetious to our listeners who maybe What? Yeah, us <laughs> Yeah. Um Leviathan. Yeah. Cool. I thought Leviathan was gonna be like See, you'll understand why when you hear my recommendation later, but I thought Leviathan was going to be a sea monster, not a vessel. That's, I mean, there were sea monsters in this, but they were yes. mutant. But the, the the title Leviathan yeah. is, is more reference to the ship. I mean, I, I guess a Leviathan I, monster becomes... I think I was kind of confused by that the first time I saw this back when I thought, oh, it's a movie. It's because I expected like a giant sea snake. Totally. Kind of like, you know, the more classic like Leviathan mm-hmm. monster from antiquity and mythology yes. and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it's not quite what we get. No. Which is no. cool. It was, uh, it was fun. Uh, next up, we also have a movie that can be best described as fun. <laughs> we watched Deep Rising from 1998. Woo, we're bringing it back to Famke Janssen, apparently. Mm-hmm. Late 90s, Famke Janssen. You have to bring her up multiple times an episode. Mm-hmm. 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 So, can we, like, make a movie about, like, a vigilante squad and cast, like, Famke Janssen, Mary Warrenov, and, like, all our favorites as the squad? Like... I think we need money. Will someone give us money to do this? Because that's a movie we all want to see. Mm-hmm. And I mean we all. It's got universal appeal. If you if it doesn't appeal to you, there's something yeah, wrong with you. Yeah, if you have a problem with, like, women with cheekbones. Severe women with cheekbones. <laughs> then I don't want to know you. <laughs> Maybe that's why you, like, clung to Jello and, like, Italian horror. Must like, be. Faster than I did when I first started watching it. <laughs> Because, like, it's cheekbones for days in those movies. Cheekbones City. No, uh, Deep Rising is... It's kind of like... It reminds me of the type of horror movies that were coming around that were, like, the Mummy remake. Not the Tom Cruise one that just came up, but, like, in the late 90s, Mm -hmm. like, with Brendan Fraser. It's just... It's going for goofs Mm -hmm. and trying... Like, there's... It's almost like a meta narrative in a way where there's a bit of winking at the camera yeah because everyone always has the these one-liners where it's like they know it's cheesy but they're still doing it it. kind of thing it's almost like there's an irony to it but not really Mm -hmm. um big action set pieces lots of effects and all that kind of stuff some primo late 90s digital effects oh that monster boy oh my goodness and the monster's not the worst part of it too there is some bad effects work at times like I, I was think, just talking about how good it was, actually. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Um, I'm yeah, thinking it's of... It's Queer Horror Cult, the non-facetious podcast. 
<laughs> Very literal and serious. Yeah, all the time. Um, I actually love the monster design in this one, even if in certain shots it's like... The design, the design is, is great. Beautiful. The the execution has not aged well. It's one of those things, it kind of reminds me of the Resident Evil movie, actually, where it's like mostly CG, but then there's these few insert shots that were done with puppets kind of thing, and mm-hmm. it's like, that looked great. Yeah. And then it's less like, like close-ups of like the thing getting shot up, or like where they need like a rubber, like a hunk of rubber monster there. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, that stuff looks great, but then it gets into like the digital effects where it's it's dated. It's like, oh, okay. I will say for ninety nine effects, I thought they were pretty impressive. Fair enough. Um, okay, what we got with this one? What's the plot? So we begin with this ship that is headed out to God knows where in the middle of the ocean. Um, the captain is a guy who he just takes jobs to like boat people where they need to go as long as they pay no questions asked he doesn't give a shit he just wants to see his paycheck and they're in the storm they don't know where they're going one of his crewmen finds uh missiles on board and is like oh shit i think we're like in deeper than we yeah thought. The no questions asked thing uh the it's guy like they really screwed you this time the guy who is the wise cracking comic relief because mm. that came back big in oh the 90s God, yeah, yeah it was it was in the age down to the voice big. too he had like that cartoonish voice i was like oh wow god like there's almost like mickey mouse I, I like, like you're like michael stero version i'm like oh wow guys like oh geez yeah just throwing me under the bus again oh like yep that's right like I, you know what like, you know what i mean like that I will say like, that I absolutely that was an amazing <laughs> fucking impression. But Thanks. I will say what I loved about him is how he was the like you know the punching bag as mm-hmm. the comic relief usually is. But he leaned into that in oh, a way where it was just like he just fired back with being such a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, so shit, yeah, they're going. Not sure what this job is, and then they encounter this cruise ship. Mm-hmm. And, and the cruise ship is, like, owned and run by Dr. Chilton from fucking Sounds of the Lambs. OG, yeah. OG. So, you know, you got this, like, weasel-faced, <laughs> like, billionaire son or something. motherfucker yeah. on this boat. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there, and it's a big, big party. Lots of uh, very lavishly decorated, expensive stuff happening. And uh, we are introduced to my wife, who's playing, <laughs> who's playing um, an undercover like thief What's type her name? lady. Trillion. Trillion. Oh. Oh, Trillion. Oh, jeez. She fakes an American accent so well. Wait, what's her real accent? She's Dutch, dude. Did, oh man, right. I always forget that because oh, yeah. it's just like yeah. Plus, I guess I don't know. I've, one of the more recent things that I've or sustained things that I've seen her in was when I was watching Hemlock Grove and finishing that up last year. Mm. Is um, she does like a sort of like British type accent in that? Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then at some point, her like powers are draining, and she her accent disappears, and she starts speaking like an American, and she comments on it. It's like. Oh my god, we need to fix this. I, I found like I sound like a fucking kilometer. This is horrible. Like, cause, you know, she's a piece of shit in that show, and yeah. it's amazing. She, you know, even though she's like the worst character, well, the most evil character, you still want her to just like stomp on you. You're like literally the only person I've ever heard go to bat for Hemlock Grove. By the way. Oh, I'm not going to bat for the show. Oh, okay. I'm going to bat for Olivia Godfrey. Okay. Okay. Big difference. Anyway. Yeah, that, that is a big difference. I can't deny <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> Um, so she, yeah, she's this, uh, thief who's snuck on, she snuck aboard, she's, uh, pickpocketing people, trying to, you know, pickpocket the captain, get to the vault kind of thing, blending in very well, but 
she her plans are foiled mm-hmm. pretty quickly, and she's locked up in in the brig, which is really just like the root cellar kind of thing. Yeah, it's it, they just throw her in the fucking kitchen like there's yeah. a plate of hors d'oeuvres waiting for her and some champagne. Yeah, and uh, soon the ship. Well, we see somebody fuck around with like some some CD ROMs, which yep. tells us that you know this is some some big time hacking happening in mm-hmm. 1998, and uh, the ship's like power fucks up. And there's some kind of sabotage taking place. Yeah. And then at the same time as that, or very shortly after, we get that POV shot of something from the deep rushing up mm-hmm. and uh, going right for the motors of the stalled out boat. Yeah. And then soon after, the pirates board the ship to try and steal parts so they can get to wherever the fuck they need to be. The pirates being the init- the, the captain and the missile guys and... Yeah. Monty and the people with all these different accents and his crew, <laughs> including Monty, yeah, it was who loves to very, flex. Very multicultural, it's a very diverse crew. crew. And uh, yeah, Monty from Flexing with Monty, a movie that we, we have not covered yet, but, uh, but we will. We've got a, we a hard body horror episode coming up, and I'm excited to watch that one. Hell yeah! Um, so they get aboard and they're like planning on how they're gonna like stick everybody up. They have all their crazy machine guns. They're like, okay, we're gonna burst into the, to the like big ballroom. And hold them up, kind of thing. And they, you know, burst in like everybody hands in the air, and they realize it's fucking deserted. Yeah, there's just blood. There's just blood everywhere, and it's deserted. And they're like, "What the fuck happened on this ship?" Mm-hmm. And yeah, shit goes down. Shit goes with down. Monsters. Um, well, a monster? I don't know. It has so many tentacles. It could be many monsters, really. Yeah, that was actually kind of a, a cool thing at first, where it looks like these weird snake like eel monsters mm-hmm. with like demon faces like the reveal of their faces was terrifyingly like that is some good monster madness mm-hmm. and then we find out that that's those aren't the monsters they are part of yeah them, they're just the like the his monsters. appendages yeah her appendages is this a lady sea monster too who devours i like to think that a lot of sea monsters are, are ladies who devour like you've that's heard true. my, my treatise on a uh, creature from the black lagoon yeah and even even on our hot take on like shape of water is that like we don't know the monsters that do there are some fish like clownfish which another thing finding an emo got wrong where if in the absence of mates they can like change their sex mm-hmm. so i think we might have even said this before on here but yeah in shape of water he's just a big old goby maybe he's fish, yeah or... maybe he's just a, like a goby fish that can change his sex as needed for a heterosexual pairing I like your theory. Yeah. Shape of Water is 100%. Is a lesbian romance. Yeah, 100% certified queer Rotten Tomatoes. Is a, yeah, it's it's a non-binary lesbian, because NB lesbians exist. Mm. They're valid. We love them. Hell yeah. A non-binary lesbian love story. Oh, my heart. (laughs) My heart is a flutter. Anyway. Um, Deep rising. Deep rising is not nearly that deep. Um, No. It's, uh. But it's fun. Yeah, it is fun. And one thing I, I appreciate about this is it doesn't go light on the on the splatter. No, it does not. Um, there's Oh one... my god, when it when you when they get the reveal, like where did all the people go? This boat was like this cruise yeah. ship was full of hundreds, if not thousands, of people. Yeah. Ooh, that gets dark. I remember when I was seeing this when it was fairly new on video, and that part when they shoot up the monster and the fucking half digested dude falls out. Oh yeah. That shit fucked me up. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> fucked me up. The dude's just walking at them and it's just like face is dissolved like you can see his brain and shit oh yeah yeah and his jaw like he switches the side of his face <laughs> and one is way more melted than the other you can see oh yeah i love that part yeah that that's a that's a memorable part mm-hmm. as far as the uh, deep sea aspect of this goes um 
it's interesting because like they take the whole pleasure cruise high society thing like the modern version of the titanic basically mm-hmm. and throw it out there in into the ocean and we get this gigantic creature from like the mariana trench or somewhere mm-hmm. coming up it kind of uh, gave me some lovecraft vibes oh yeah big tentacled monster from totally. the deep kind of thing and, from the deep, uh, because they, they even have a scientific explanation for it. I don't remember what they said it was, but they're like, oh, you know, there's this, this kind of uh, sea creature that at a certain depth, many, however many thousands of feet, is not that big, but you go a few, you know, a couple, 10, yeah, 20,000 like more. Yeah, feet, it's eating sharks. Yeah, it's and... big enough to eat sharks. So below that, and this, like, part of the ocean that goes so fucking low, no man or machine has ever explored it, who knows how big it can get. Yeah, um, I've been... Very like, to look th- into that, see mm-hmm. how much of like their explanation is just made up. Like maybe right, the creature doesn't even remotely exist at right. all, or maybe they had a creature in mind and they're like, okay, what that but bigger? Yeah, and they're like, well, they can't prove us wrong because no one's been that deep. Yeah. So, and I mean, you know, there is some soundness of theory. I mean, there's there's got to be a, a cap on how deep you can go and like survive because of the crushing pressure. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but and I think of like giant squids yeah, exist. Yeah. Then they're fucking um, huge. Things from the, like, you see the gill shark or something, the ones that came out of, like, the, the deep, they just look so fucked. They look like giant gilled dicks, and they're <laughs> huge, and they've got... You don't have to be pretty teeth. that deep, because there's no light, nobody can yeah. see you. You can look like a dick, and they wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> Actually, that reminds me of, um, there's that Russian deep sea fisher Instagram account. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that I account. Love that yeah. account. Yeah. I'm going to pull up his name right now so we can shout him out, because he's yeah, yeah, the yeah. greatest. He has a Twitter, too. Okay, I found him. His name is Roman Fedorzov. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, his at is, I'll spell it out for you, R-F-E-D-O-R-T-S-O-V underscore. And so he's a deep sea fisherman from Russia. And the shit that he pulls out in photographs is fucking insane. And yeah. a lot of it, like, I see, I just I pulled up one here on, like, this looks like it's straight out of, like, a fucking, like, horror movie or oh, video God. game. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. horrifying. Is, it's got, like, human teeth, and it right? looks like some Silent Hill abomination. I'll just, like, share it to our story when this episode goes up, because, yeah, yeah this guy's work is crazy, and half this shit, like, I think he, I was, when I found his account a few years ago, like, I because there was a news article about it or something, yeah. and it's, like, half the shit he pulls up is, like, we don't even know what this is. It doesn't have a name. We, yeah. like, we don't know this shit, what kind of species this is. It's, like, who the fuck knows? Yeah. So, it's crazy. It's so super cool, cool, super yeah. monstrous looking things. And yeah, the ocean is wild. Yeah. But that's um, why I'm willing to give it came from deep in the ocean. Mm. Like, uh, that's good enough for me. Same, honestly. Um, as don't need any radioactivity or any bullshit. Yeah, yeah, it's like, okay, that cool. I'm on board. It's some shit that we don't know because we haven't explored it. So who the yeah. fuck knows what's down there? Yeah, which is why there's something very... Um, Again, the like into the space thing, there's something very cosmic about it. There's mm-hmm. like the spaceships in Leviathan being these underwater vessels. Yeah, it's cosmic in this very bit like primordial way. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to just futuristic way. Of course, along with that, you get the usual sort of action movie, mm-hmm. rah rah, one liners, and all that kind of stuff. Totally. Um, get a nice jet ski chase through the flooded hallways that ends with a let's, <laughs> let's ride away from the explosion. Yes, yeah, yeah, as the ship is, expl- is self-destructing or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, um, which I mean, hey, if you dig action movies, then it's fun. double bonus, you know? Hell yeah. You got that as well. Yep. Even if you don't, it's like, well, you gotta admit, it's like, you have a bit of fun. 
Oh my god. And other than the typical, like, main dude, gorgeous lady, of course there's some, like, little somewhat flirtatious moments in this. This movie actually kept that to a minimum, which I really liked. Really And we did. got through most of the movie before some unnecessary heterosexuality this happened. That's true. And, you, and, like, even at the beginning, like, when it was sort of, like, there was some flirtatiousness, but a lot of it was just, like... Hey, I'll be, like, I'll shoot you straight. If you get me off the ship, you can have whatever the fuck you want. I just want to live. Yeah. And it was more of a, like, transactional, like, get me out of here, I'll do what I gotta do. Yeah. So, like, respect. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, you know, when we get to the end of the movie, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, so, yeah, you're not exhausted or smelling like seawater or covered in blood and with, like, possible infections coming up. Probably throwing up. No, you're just gonna... Bone down on this beach is what it's implied. Or they were gonna. They were gonna. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a... This is a... It's cheese. Yep. It's a big slice of cheese, but I've always mm-hmm. had a soft spot for this. I remember renting this of on... briny cheese. Yeah. Ugh. Fermented brine cheese. Um, I rented this on VHS, I think, back when you could rent things on VHS. You know, like when video <laughs> back when update you could was a thing. And, uh... I've kind of had a soft spot for it since then. It's one of those things that I don't know how I would have taken. I mean, I guess you enjoyed it. Because, Hell yeah. Uh, I, this was a rewatch for me, and yeah. I, was, I was like, I was so excited. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Because some of those movies, I kind of get the feeling that, like, if I saw it fresh now, I don't know if I would have enjoyed it mm-hmm. as much. Like, maybe this one, that doesn't apply to. But there's some movies that I know we've watched. I can't think of any specific examples in my head, but we've watched it, and it doesn't play as well as I expect it to. And it's like, you know what? Some of it's just the nostalgia of loving this when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we, we all have those movies, mm-hmm. right? That said, there's a shockingly gorgeous Blu-ray of this out from <laughs> Kino Warber. It's, Thank uh, goodness. Yeah, when they announced that, especially because they used to just like mainly do import and art housey kind of stuff. Hmm. When they announced they were doing Deep Rising, I was very pleasantly surprised. Like pleasantly, oh, yeah. but very surprised. Um, yeah, Deep Rising. Woo! So we had to intermission here. I guess more, intermission's not the right word, more we didn't have much time left in the evening, so what short? And, and this was after we had watched half of, what was it called? Yeah, we, we started watching Deep Star 6, but honestly, it felt like it was anything of note that I thought of to say about it was would have already been covered with leviathan and leviathan did it way better yeah so like um, you you're like so leviathan's is like it's good and it's fun but it's like a low rent alien meets a thing underwater yeah and deep star six or whatever the fuck it's called is a somehow lower rent it's a low rent leviathan. leviathan yeah so um, i will say i didn't finish it so i'm gonna give it the benefit of a doubt and finish it sometime to see it had a horny to... guy it had a black guy who dies sooner yeah. than he sh- well this one he didn't last very long no he have didn't. a coke and lady Hell, with the rate of these horror movies, I think just the black guy dying is there for a black guy dying shoot sooner than he should have. Yeah, that's you know? that's true. Because, I mean, Leviathan, like, we it need some, literally is. Yeah. No, it's like, guys, some reparations are long overdue. Yeah. But anyway, our fun intermission. Yeah, this was your, tr- this your was pick. This was my uh, choice. I insisted. Let us know what it was and why you picked it. So it is from the original run of the Scooby-Doo Where Are You shows, 1969. Super nice. Super nice. Super nice. Um, it is the episode called A Clue for Scooby-Doo. Isn't it like the third episode or something like of that? Of like the entire like first series? Yeah. yeah. Yes. 
It is. Something like that. Because we have that, that sick-ass, like, box set that's in the mystery machine yeah. that you got me for my birthday a few years ago, because mm-hmm. you know me so well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this was one of my favorite episodes as a kid, partly because we had a DVD that had some of the, like, Scooby-Doo original mysteries on it, and it was, like, I don't know, four episodes. Right. I think some of the, like, best of or something, and this was, like, the first one on the disc. Nice. So, and you know me, I, I like the underwater stuff, yeah. et cetera. So, yeah, I, I was like, this episode rules. It and slaps. It, it, yeah, it does. It fucks. <laughs> slaps ass. So in this one, the, the gang is going to this beach to party at night for some reason. It's really dead. It doesn't look very fun, but they're like, yeah, we're here to party. It's going to be fun. And Scooby-Doo's out, like, surfing or something. And he, this glowing, highlighter yellow, old school, mi- like, diver suit yeah, guy like diving suit, pops yeah. that like pops out of the water scares the shit out of scooby he runs back to you know back to shore shouting and crying and they're like well it's a mystery we have to find out what this is and like they stay like, everyone else actually sees him so it's not one of those things where like oh scooby's on his bullshit again it's like no we <laughs> saw it too that's scooby-doo and his bullshit so the next morning, at the malt shop in town. They find, they see, they read the newspaper. It turns out another yacht has gone missing in the marina without a trace. So there, there, there are things going down. Um, they go talk to some people, some cats, and I don't know, it's the captain hermit guy. Right, right, right. Yeah, he he suggests that they go talk to Widow Cutler because her husband, the captain Cutler, his ship went down, and as it was sinking, he swore he would return and get his revenge and so is it witchcraft what's going on here is he implicated yeah, i in love this? the random witchcraft added in where it's just like uh witchcraft like, made easy and it's just like oh, oh no, so yeah. there's witches now yeah like, okay. oh yes i brought him back with my witchcraft dearie <laughs> <laughs> and so we get some fun underwater action because they actually like go get they get a bunch of scuba diving suits including one for scooby-doo Mm-hmm. And they go down to the graveyard of ships where this they find this glowing seaweed is the only place on earth where it exists. And the, and the, the diver man was glowing. So there's a connection here. It's a clue. Mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo found a clue. Mm-hmm. And they follow it. And yeah, you get this great underwater stuff. They're exploring these old ships. There's a... Uh, the diver guy can inexplicably run underwater. Yeah. While he's stomping around. It's so funny. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's some spooky underwater shit. I wouldn't call it, well, you know, kids like introduction to gateway to bridge to horror type yeah. thing for kiddos. I think Scooby-Doo was that for a lot of people. Totally. It primed them for monsters and that kind of yeah. stuff, except it recognized that most of the time it was just a white man who was wanted money. I, I, I love, trying to scam I love people. the um, existential uh, sort of nihilism at, at heart of Scooby-Doo, where it's just like, <laughs> Turns out that man was the most evil creature of all. <laughs> Playing the most dangerous game. Yeah. <laughs> um, Doesn't quite go that far. Most of the time. Since you decided uh, Scooby-Doo was good for this podcast, uh, I would like to hear your queer analysis of this episode. Oh. I'm putting me on the spot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking, see, my, my excuse is usually I just jump to the, like, I think it's more of the cult appeal, really. No, I think it was a good choice. I'm glad we watched it. Uh, definitely, because, like, we talked about doing a Scooby-Doo episode at some point. Or at least, like, we yeah, we definitely talked about doing a Scooby-Doo episode. We want to do, like, a kids' horror episode. Yeah. Looking yeah. at some of the little more, like, animated or, um, like, 3D animation, claymation type mm-hmm. stuff. Because we can think of a few good ones, definitely. Yeah. 
But I think Scooby-Doo deserves its own. We've talked about Scooby-Doo before. We talked about we Zombie Island. We have a friend who can be a, a guest bird. Yes, she can be our, our Scooby consultant. Yeah. Uh, the new Sco- the Scooby-Doo Returns to Zombie Island is coming out soon. Oh, damn. We're I've seen the trailer for it. Yeah, we'll have to cover have that. To get into that, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. So no queer analysis. I'm sorry. I don't think <laughs> that's I have okay. one. That's okay. I don't think it's that deep. I mean, you can just, like, say, you know, Velma's obviously gay. Hmm. There you go. It's the turtleneck. It is. Yeah. The glasses. And the haircut. Mm-hmm. And, and being smart. It's everything. Well read. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Scooby-Doo, good fun. And we ended this with one more movie that, shocker, is a lot like the other ones we watched. What? Uh, it was 1990's The Rift. Now, I forgot this little factoid about it until we were watching it again. But it is directed by J.P. Simon, who is the same genius that brought us Pieces and Slugs. Mm -hmm. And holy shit, if you haven't seen Pieces... Somehow. That's like the podcast recommendation for like the the run of the podcast. (laughs) It's just like the podcast long standing recommendation is watch Pieces if you haven't fucking watched it. Agreed. Um, But The Rift is... We start with this uh, white dude with very feathered hair is passed out in bed, and these Asian dudes rock up. Sorry, let me re-say that, because it sounded like I said these Asian dudes. These agent dudes from the FBI. Um, Mr. Smith-looking, or sorry, Agent Smith-looking motherfuckers. Agent Smith-looking motherfuckers rock up and pour some, like, tonic water on his face, and they're just like, get up, your submarine's gone missing, and we need you in Washington. So it's like doing a very sort of political intrigue thing right off the bat that Mm. so much of that aspect of it just gets like shuffled aside the second they get onto the water totally like there is some espionage stuff there is some some double dealing and all that for sure but it it plays more in the sort of uh lost at sea horror movie kind of way Mm -hmm. but basically what happened is this guy designed this submarine that's supposed to be super advanced and all that when it got his project got militarized, and then when they wanted to add like torpedoes and shit to it and make it a nuclear sub, he walked away. Yeah. And now some time has passed, and the sub is gone. Big surprise! The military fucked it up, and now they want to blame it all on him, and so he has to come and fix their mistake. So even though he walked away from the project, and the military like completely like veered off in a different direction from his designs mm-hmm. to put on their stupid fucking nuclear warheads or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's his fault, so he better come fix it, or they're yeah. going to make his life really hard. I'm getting a vibes of aliens yet again. Oh, wow. You know? The whole military thing, military fuck up. And, military uh, industrial complex ruining yeah. the whole world? What? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he gets on to Siren 2, the second version of the boat, and they go down along with a very seasick Leland Palmer, which was pretty great, <laughs> and... They go in search of the black box. Oh, yeah, and the captain is Arlie Ermey, who, if you don't know who that is, is the um, drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket. Like, the mm. super, like, you know, the drill sergeant character. Well, yeah. It's this guy. Well, yeah, I mean, like, he kind of is that in this movie, to an extent. It's because he was, a, I think he was, like, it's a just real like drill. Typecast. I think he was, like, oh. an actual drill sergeant, and then he got cast. And they're just like, this is what you do now, but on camera. Yeah. Um, okay. A lot of the movie is just them getting to the titular rift. 
Mm-hmm. It's just them going. It's like, oh no, a jellyfish fucked our boat a bit, uh, but we shot electricity at him. That's cool. Um, Zven got eaten by some seaweed. That sucks. But that's okay. But we'll move along. And uh, they eventually. Okay, hold on. Hold the fuck on. When they get down there and they see this like weird seaweed that it, they even say like it wouldn't work with photosynthesis at this depth. There's depth. There's no light. Uh, Zven, go get a sample and all that. He cuts this sample off, and then it cuts the inside of the boat, and they just have this fucking, like, little porthole thing open, and they're just, like, like fishing, ice, it fishing out, out like, the sample oh my at, God. like, 20,000 feet. This is how pressure... <laughs> I, I love physics. Yeah, and it's like, okay, well, what the fuck? He's got this little fishing net with the sample in it. It's like... You're just touching it with his bare hands and shit? Like, yeah. I love protocol. The military, yeah. y'all. The Navy. But, uh, unfortunately, their boat gets fucked up, and they're kind of, like, lost down there, and that's when they find this cavern, and it's this natural pressure cavern that, I find that interesting, natural pressure, because isn't the natural pressure the pressure of the depth? Like, the 40,000, uh, feet pressure isn't unnatural, it's just what fucking happens. But I anyway, think what they mean so is, is yeah, that, yeah. They mean they, that you can walk around in it so we and can And there's film. actually air. <laughs> yeah, so semantics like it's not aside. Yeah. Actually, I have a bunch of a problem with the fact that there was air. Because there was no fucking vegetation. This is true. And, uh... Anyway, that's not the point of this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting way off track here. Um, they're running around through these caves. And right now, we get into the wonderful Ionic mystery of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Deep, primordial womb of the world. Yeah, because they go all the way down into this rift, this big crevasse, that leads them into a womb-like chamber that is full of embryos that are being grown in a hidden lab. And so we're already, you know, it's like... Yeah, that's a bit of a stretch, but it's like, hey guys, we got some yawning imagery going here. We got some reproductive stuff going on here. Mm-hmm. And then the monsters that attack <laughs> look like badly circumcised dicks with vulvas for faces. That's about the best distri- description I'd be able to come up with, honestly. Yeah, yeah, and so they bite people with the vulva mouth. And I mean... If you look at the back of the the case, there's a close-up of one of them. It literally, it looks like someone did a mold of their junk for the latex monster <gasps> kind of thing. Like, it even has a clip for some reason. Like, if we get, like, if we were to post this on Instagram, we'd probably get suspended. Absolutely, we would get suspended. <laughs> but these uh, pussy dicks are just, like, <laughs> slithering around, munching people and getting shot up. Yeah, the yeah. first one, it, like, hugs... It's, it's, like, a face hugger kind of scenario yeah, where it jumps onto a guy's face thing. and it just sits on his face and it's too much for him. <laughs> <laughs> can't handle the puss. No, he can't at all. <laughs> um, Smothers him with its devouring... Oh, my God. ...ness. I wonder if, like, how much of this was intentional or how much of this just went, like, woo, over the guy's head that was making <laughs> this movie. Um... They, but in the incubation chamber, they find the mother monster, and it's this big old butthole on the ceiling <laughs> that a snake comes out of. Yeah. So it's like, the mother monster is a tapeworm? And like... Mother monster loves anal. I don't know. <laughs> That's why there are all these abominations, is because it's like that, that Greek priest recently said, or archbishop, whatever the fuck he is, that gay, gay babies are born from moms who enjoy anal while they're pregnant or something. So it's like, this is that at the bottom of the sea 
Basically, yeah. <laughs> you wow, you've summed it up. You've contemporized this movie very well. Thank you. Uh, fuck. It's it's fun. Like I'm not gonna mm. totally write this movie. It's got some great dialogue. It doesn't have as much great dialogue as Pieces or Slugs has, because mm. that's kind of this dude's thing is great, but there's the odd line in there, kind of like, I don't care if you play with your pecker as long as you don't do it in my control room. Yeah. And just shit like that. Mm. Um, I didn't think much of this movie first time I saw it, but I think I had a little more fun with it this time, at least, because it's goofy, but, you know, you got you got some good Gru in this, like, uh, mm-hmm. fuck, when they, that guy's all fucked up from the monsters and he's melting a little bit and he's just like kill me so she shoots him and his entire head, head explodes. explodes just like kaboom and then over there like walkie talk is like what went on she's like he's dead i'll explain later <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh moving on yeah no it's that was funny it was pretty pretty stone cold yeah but it, it he was asking it needed to be done yeah so but yeah, I found I found that probably funnier than it was intended to be. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just it was just funny. Mm-hmm. Um, shit. Of all the movies we watched, what would you say your favorite was? Mm, probably between Leviathan and Deep Rising. Yeah, I'd probably agree. Um, like I like Leviathan better than this one, the Rift. Yeah. The Rift. The Rift. Was, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but Deep Rising, it's like cheesier so i feel like i like them for like kind of different reasons that's fair and i feel like the end of leviathan is deep rising level cheesy but it's not leaning into it in the way that deep rising does so it kind of betrays it a little bit it does um that's true but hey i had fun this week me too thing it's a bit of a return to let's sort of unify a smattering of random movies to a theme Mm -hmm. and uh see what cooks out unfortunately I i didn't feel like we plumbed the depths oh, mm-hmm. as much as we could have but a lot of these movies were just kind of there's a lot of fluff to them yeah. and i don't mean i'm not trying to sound derogatory or no, like no, i'm no. ripping on the movies like i love the fluff in these movies yeah. you know uh, i'm a big fan of the fluffers and all that <laughs> um but this one i don't know maybe we'll get gayer next week or something who knows yeah yeah but until then, we've got some recommendations, don't we? Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to go against what I normally try to do, and I'm going to recommend something that we have covered on the show before. Yeah, way well, back welcome to the episode. club. Yeah, I am right I mean, with I've you. never pretended to be against it, though. Yeah. Not that I'm seeing you pretend it, but anyway. Um, what are you going to recommend? From way back from episode five, Queer Eye for the Brundlefly, I'm going to recommend Best. Dagon. Oh, yeah. This one is... Uh, Based on a Lovecraft story by Stuart Gordon, who there's no one that does Lovecraft better in movies than Stuart Gordon, you know, reanimator from beyond Mm -hmm. his Masters of Horror episode. Totally. Uh, But yeah, it's really classic, sort of almost in the Cthulhu mythos kind Mm -hmm. of thing, where it's these deep elder gods from the bottom of the ocean (laughs) are rising up and fucking everyone up in this very doomsday kind of way. Totally. It's low budget, and it sort of shows its ass in those terms <laughs> at times, but it's fun. It's a lot it, of fun. Even when it does, it's fun, and parts of it I thought were really effective. Absolutely. So, um... That's a wild ride. Yeah, it's, a, uh, it's worth watching, and last time we talked about it purely in terms of body horror and trans narratives, mm-hmm. which I think it's definitely a good way to read it, mm-hmm. but look at it for just some good aquatic monster... Yeah. Fuckery. And that that's this movie. Totally. 
Yeah, I was I was um, going into this week thinking that I might recommend that, but oh, okay. I thought of something else that I'm out of left field that I'm definitely going again for the cult persuasion as opposed to queer or much horror. You're very good at the left fieldedness. I'm I, oh, okay. W- what are you uh, recommending this week? I am recommending 2001 Disney's Atlantis: The Lost Empire. I like how you're like 2001 <laughs> Disney's and you pause there as if that wasn't Disney's already like Atlantis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got asked why are you recommending this one? I've never seen so, it. So um, if you're at all familiar with the myth of Atlantis, it's disappeared. It mm-hmm. was sent to the bottom of the sea as punishment by the gods. I'm only familiar of the myth of Atlantis from the Donovan song Atlantis. So like there was a magician involved and they all yeah, escaped you know and hail yeah, Atlantis. Totally. Let us rejoice and let us sing and dance and ring in the new. Hail Atlantis. This one, ha- it takes place in, like, the 20s, interestingly, okay. but the the technology they have and stuff where it's talking about this, like, super advanced submarine, like, it reminded me so much of aspects of The Rift. The stuff oh, was happening, wow. I was like, this is like The Rift. This is like The Rift. Oh, wow. Or, this so is like Atlantis. was it, like, steampunk kind of uh, thing, or? Not overly. Okay, but anyway, God. you have this, um, this guy who, he's a scholar, he's, like, a, he studies dead languages Mm -hmm. his grandfather who raised him had been a big believe you know raised him on the myth of atlantis you know i believe it's real it's so he's he's his his life's work to try and find atlantis or find some evidence of it there's this book called the shepherd's journal that has atlantean in it and um he's planning to go find it on a trek to Iceland because it's going to be there. I guess previous things that had been mistranslated thought it was Ireland and it was never found there, but he's going to go to Iceland. But then it turns out that grandpa already found this book and it's given to him and they go on an underwater adventure to try and find Atlantis. And so it's not, so I mean, I guess the whole movie is really spent underwater, but Atlantis itself is is a natural pressure cave with air. Like it's, it's still there. But on the way to Atlantis, where they're down in this trench kind of thing, there is an ancient Atlantean monster called the Leviathan that fucks them the fuck up and most of their crew dies. And I saw this in theaters when I was in like grade three and I remember finding it pretty disturbing and during that sequence. Okay. So horror, cult. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. As long as I rest my case. All right. Well, I expect your homework. Uh, on my desk to a, a queer reading of Atlantis. I'm very excited to read this. And yeah, it's, it's one of those ones where it's, it's it's kind of Disney off the beaten path. Like, there is one sequel to it, but it's been largely forgotten. It, when you see the whole, like, princess culture thing and all the gatherings of princesses, Kita is almost never there, even oh. though she's awesome. So you need so, to, like, show up as a con, to, like, a con. As I have Kita seen some amazing like, cosplays of Kita. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, there there's some, some women who have done... Some people Absolutely respect, fantastic. respect uh, Some respectable cosplay. Nice. But yeah, Atlantis is fun. I've been wanting to make you watch it for a while. So oh, well. <laughs> we'll have to sit down if I we ever we have time. It's not that long. Cool. But it's good fun. 
And the sequel, it's like, it's bad, but it's, it's fun. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess that'll uh, do it for us this week. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sticking along Tune as long in. as you have. And uh, if you're a new listener, welcome. Uh, take a look through that back catalog. We've got some... Uh, we have almost a year's worth built yeah. up there. Holy wow, shit. shit. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we're coming up, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, if you dig what we do, maybe tell a friend or... That'd be cool. Share the podcast around, get some more people. And we've got some listeners all over the world at this point. It's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, Never expected that. Whoever our one listener in Finland is, I see you. I know you're out there. Every week, like clockwork, you're one of the first downloads, so... We love it. Say something in Finnish. Kitos. I probably didn't pronounce it right. But kitos to you. Barakala. <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm saying that to you for okay, saying, saying it. it to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying, saying that to you for saying it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't know how to say it in Finnish. So I'll say it in English. Take it easy. Keep it sleazy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>